everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us in this second hour. We uh, we were just talking about mocktails and we were drinking we them. Were drinking it was them. Great. So good. We're hoping that you are starting your January with a fresh outlook and really kind of looking forward and kind of adding to your life the things that you want to bring in. That's what we're theming the show today. I like this too. Bring yeah. in the good bring and it good. just kind of the byproduct is crowding out the bad. Yeah. You don't have to be so obsessive about cutting everything out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we are but going. But if you're doing a January whole 30, may the force be with you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I sort of feel like. Best I, of luck to you. I, and I, and I, I joke about it. Like my post last night on Instagram and Facebook was sort of this like dry January, you know, but I mean, I really do respect Everybody who does it. I, I mean, go for it. I, I can't. And so I respect all of you who do. I think there's a lot of times when it's good to just sort of reset your relationship with things and figure out how much of a good thing makes you feel your best. Yes. Because too much is not great. And too little is sad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hey, I wanted to say we kind of did skip the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So I did want to call. I wanted to call out somebody had a question about Spetzel. And it's Tammy Lee. And she tweeted us and she said, what uh, what do I do with spetzel? Do I use it in place of egg noodles? Do I just serve them plain as a side dish? She says, good morning, Elizabeth. Love oh, when gosh. you fill in. Oh, thank you. What do you, do you have any, I mean, I, I use, I have made spetzel before because my mother is German mm-hmm. and that's a requirement. Yeah. Um, but I honestly just use them as a beautiful little, I, you know, you butter them up, you put a little, you know, cheese on them, make them Kaza spetzel and you just serve them. Yeah. It's kind of like almost a sub between rice or like, they're almost like, it's just a pasta. It's like a tiny little dumpling kind yeah. of. It's almost like a cross between a gnocchi and a pasta. But I mean, like I think they're great as a base lips. for mac and cheese. Yeah. That's so, remember, um, help me with the German restaurant that Russell Klein had. Oh, Brasserie um, Centrale. Yes. Mm-hmm. He made this um, this mac and cheese. And, oh, they also have one at um, Glick's. Yes. They have a spetzel yep. mac and cheese. That well, Kaza spetzel is cheesy noodles yeah this is why that's I what like that means that. of that's course because like what that. are my favorite yeah. things in life carbs yeah. and cheese i don't know what Come else on, to tell you people i mean those are the greatest gifts that god yeah. ever gave us um the other thing i mean you could just put them in a soup like mm-hmm. you could use them in place of um noodles in a chicken noodle soup totally nice totally nice yeah if you think of like a chicken and dumpling soup i've always don't love the you know the dumplings in soup because they're these big doughy things yeah they can get little, a little dense tiny spetzel would be a nice addition yeah that's why the matzo ball soup is so fabulous right. because matzo balls aren't like just giant biscuits wet biscuits yeah hello (laughs) all right so there's our recommendations for that guess what time it is it's time for top two in hour two and now the weekly dish presents top two top two the top two pick your best two in our two all right this is the time of the show you guys that we pick or talk about a couple of things that we happen to be either obsessed with or loving this week and so i'm gonna say you start I know I'm late to this party. I'm sure I'm late to this party, but it's a really good party that you should get on board with. I finally watched Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Oh, yes. This Netflix, is a good party. And um, I just was like, I have had several people tell me, why haven't you watched this? You would love this. You should be watching this. And I loved it so much. I just loved it. If you haven't seen it, it's a four-part little docu-series. <clears throat> it's based on the book Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by um, Samin Nasrat. And she used to cook at Chez Panisse in Berkeley. And she explores what salt does to our food, what fat means to our food, how acid can brighten our food, and then how using heat transforms food. And it's just, it, you know, not only am I 
a food person, but I'm obviously a television junkie. I work in television. I love TV. And the combination, it's the best food TV that it I've is, seen it in completely years. Ch- yeah, we talked about it when it came out. And I, like you, I, I became enamored with yes. it. And like, I've watched it twice now. Yes. I, now I'm already, all I'm thinking about is watching it again. Yeah. And watching it again. And it yeah. was one of those things. I watched a couple episodes and then my husband was on a trip and he came home and I said, you have to watch these with me. And there was just such great discussion. And I felt like, I was going to the place. Yes. Plus, I got a sweet new 70-inch TV. And it's so big. <laughs> and so I felt like I was actually You're in the actually place. in Italy I with her. I was actually yeah. in the Yucatan yeah. with her. Well, and I will say that this is a great... Like, when we're feeling trapped in cabin fevery this time of year, this is a great you know, thing to watch to kind of escape and also to kind of bring something back to your own home because the things you learn with her, mm-hmm. you can bring back into your kitchen. You absolutely can. It's really, it just was so inspiring to me to watch. And I clearly, you know, everybody listening to this is into food, right? You're not yeah. listening to Weekly Dish if you're not into food. And I do a lot of food segments, a lot of food conversation, a lot of food research. And I learned things from this that I never knew before. Seriously. And so that was so wildly yeah, exciting for I me. Know. So salt, fat, acid, heat. You should watch it on Netflix. Um, I'm going to get her book that goes along with it. And um, I have it. I should. Oh, I forgot to bring. Yeah. Yeah. You had something else. You were I know. Bring I forgot to bring oh, you vitamin gosh, C. I, should, I need Darn to be it. texting you. I know. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Good. So that's your first one. Yep. What do you got? My first one is an electric kettle. Yes. I have moved. I have moved on, you guys. I have had a stovetop kettle, like a, like an actual tea kettle my entire life. And I've been one of those people who is like, no, I'm sticking with the old because yeah. I love it. You it know? is romantic. And it's also, it gets hot. Like, I can't microwave. People who microwave cups of water for your tea, I don't understand Maybe I just have a bad microwave, but I'm just saying it never gets hot enough. And then everything and glass is and the glass gets hot. hot. Yeah. And I just, uh, so the first thing I, the first thing I've done for the, uh, well, of course I burned out my last kettle. This is why I had to move on because right. I, I don't like the whistly thing. Mm-hmm. So I always have that up and then I sort of left it and I sort of <laughs> went and wrapped gifts. And then I was like, forgot I was going to have tea. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, what is that smell? And like the paint has been starting to chip off. It yeah. was that hot. That happened to mine. I had a Le Creuset one and the paint chipped off so yeah. fast. Okay, so which electric kettle did you get? Because I have strong feelings about these. Okay, so I know. Okay, because so, and I will say that I, when I was in Wales and all the hotels had the electric kettles because, you know, everybody drinks tea like crazy out mm-hmm. there. And so I was, I was like, these are so easy and so good, so fast. So I decided to make the switch. I started low. I started low. I bought a $19 electric kettle okay. from target okay and it's just a black and decker brand or no it's not black and decker it's um uh i think it's a it's a i don't know whatever okay. it's a small it's a 19 dollar electric kettle you just plug it in and it, it heats up great and then it's like it's 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 magic and it's a it's kind of a tiny little one or two like it's a 1.5 i don't even know like a quart oh, okay. or something like that great leader. But, it's probably leader it's yeah probably yeah leader so then you know all you have to do is you press the button on the bottom and it lights up and it heats up like crazy fast and then it just it turns itself off and then you just use it like a carafe it's magic but this is what i'm telling you right now i'm already moving on to the next level yes there's one on amazon for 40 bucks and i'm okay to spend that because of the amount of tea that i drink and this is what this is all for there's a cordless one yeah and it's a black and decker and it looks like my old tea kettle 
Oh, that's like cute. my old stovetop kettle. And so it's this white enamel, beautiful thing. And it's, I'm, I'm totally in. I do want you to look at the Cuisinart Perfect Temp cordless oh. electric kettle. Okay? okay. And here's why I want you to look at that one yeah. because I love, I, I'm sure that I've seen that white one that's $40. Yeah. This one is ranges from like 70 to 100. The Cuisinart Perfect Temp. I have it and I've gotten it as gifts before. I've had mine for years. The joy of the Cuisinart Perfect Temp is that it has different temperatures. I see that. So when you're making green tea, you just hit it to the green tea setting and it'll heat the water to that. When you want to boil, when you want to do, if you want to do French press coffee, if you want to do oolong tea, it has six little buttons that say different temperatures and it heats it to that temperature. And so that for like, and I will tell you, I have had mine for probably... 10 years at least. Yeah. And it is it 100%. 100%. And it's cordless. And it's cordless. Because that's the thing is like the cord in my kitchen is now distracting I me. see Best Buy. It's $70.99. Yeah. It's yeah. the Cuisinart Perfect Temp. Okay. There you go. I love it. Electric so kettles. I just talked you up from spending $40 I, to spending 80 but. This is not a hard thing to do to me, especially <laughs> during this season. I tend to do this a lot. It's a really good one, though. I can attest, and I know lots of people who have that one, and it has lasted a really, really long time. Perfect. Okay, okay. what's your second pick? Okay, the other thing that I'm really liking, and I'm going to just fully admit that I got this idea to eat this product um, purely from Instagram, and because whatever Sarah Jessica Parker does, I'm just going to try to do too. Yes. And Sarah Jessica Parker, like months and months ago, Posted about this Icelandic provisions skier, 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 which is this Icelandic yogurt. It's yep. like packed with protein. It's like the new Greek yogurt. Yes. Icelandic provisions is the brand. And I've tried that Siggy's and not really liked it. I've tried some other brands and not really liked it. This brand Icelandic provisions is so good and it's like half the sugar of another sugar of like a regular yogurt yeah I also get the plain one too I would frankly even like it if they would come out with even a reduced sugar one because I think it's even sweet yeah my kids love it and it's like super thick and super creamy and it's really good you can get it at Whole Foods I also found it at Fresh Time Market so you can get it there and um, I haven't seen it at my co-op, but I've seen it at those two places and they have, you know, lots of locations. Yeah. Somebody was making skier locally for a while and I can't remember. And I don't know if they have, they're not, I don't think they're doing it anymore, but they had a, they had, it's a sheep uh, milk. I think that's the difference. I don't know. I got to figure that out. I, I don't want to say things that are Iceland not true. for a thousand years and I am on board. Yeah. I mean, it's I think delicious. it's sheep. It is sheep. And so that's, I think there was a local person who was doing wool and skier. Fabulous. I know, but I don't know how the production went, so I don't know if you can find it. Okay. All right, my last one, you guys, is five-minute hummus. I'm just saying this. Like, sometimes I feel like I get to a place where I buy, you know, like I'm buying things a lot, and I realize, why am I not just making it at home, honestly? And hummus is one of those things where all of a sudden, Jake is into hummus, and so... I'm like, and I think I've talked about this already about how much all of a sudden I'm like so much hummus and I thought I should be just making this at home. Well, so I, especially when it comes to if you're using, if you're buying dried chickpeas and then just cooking them and making them into hummus, it is like 50 cents for yeah. hummus yeah. versus, I mean, it's crazy oh, it's how cheap it crazy. is. crazy, yeah. So we, and actually we bought some tahini from Halva, which is in the Keg and Case Market, some fresh tahini. Great. Yeah, a little jar of that. So you add that into your hummus. Oh, you that's just good. Do I'm going to go there tonight. Yeah, go there and get some. It's great. And so I'm just saying, I'm going to put up a five minute hummus recipe because I just, just changed everything. That's so instead really of it also being where I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to go to the store, you know, to get the hummus and stuff because he's like, oh, there's no more hummus. Now I say just make some. Trick two, if you really want to eat like great 
clean ingredients. A lot of hummus is loaded with cheap soybean oil, folks. I oh. mean, it's just like, that's really what it is. And so if you can do it with olive oil or avocado oil or do something yourself, that's a little better. bit more of a, you know, oh, that is better. just like a health benefit packed oil versus the soybean, I would say go for it. I like it. I like it. All right, you guys. Well, we are, that is our top two in our two. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be chatting with Ms. Robin, Robin, I like that. Robin Asbell about dipping into that vegan lifestyle that's so popular right now. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are here this January. I'm Steph March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese today. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. And we are being joined by Robin Asbell, who is one of our best local authors in town, especially considering fresh starts, healthy eating, good stuff for your body. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like one of the gurus. She packs in the good stuff. Hi, Robin. It's hey, nice to have you here. Me. Yeah. Robin uh, always does amazing things. Whenever she comes on Twin Cities Live, she makes things that Steve and I think like, oh, that'll probably be good. And that'll probably be good. And then it's always so flavorful and yeah. amazing. And it's always vegetarian. And a lot of times it's vegan. Right. Yeah, and yeah. this is the big thing right now. Like, basically, it's super hot and super cool to be vegan. It's getting hotter and hotter. <laughs> it's nice to have been at the been in at the beginning when nobody cared. That's right. <laughs> when people were still shunning. And now, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it is really turned from being just about sort of this ethical, like, you know, save your animals to a health thing for your own body. And I think that that has sort of turned the corner and, you know, however you, you dive into it is however you do. But one of the things that has made it interesting is that that by, I think, people's interest in it, you know, and sort of turning into a healthy thing mm-hmm. has really spurred just more interest and, and more creativity in things. And so that has allowed you have a new book out. Which I think That's is very right. fun. Yeah, because well, we're seeing a lot of stuff. These young vegans are coming up, you know, and young people are getting interested. And, you know, and again, the environmental impact and yep. all that. I mean, we just don't have enough, you know, resources to just keep eating so much meat. And so whatever avenue you take, my goal has always been, back when I wrote Big Vegan back in 2011, uh, was just, I want to see everybody eat more vegan food. Yeah. I don't care if you convert completely. I mean, great. Either way. Right. Just eat more plants, eat more plants, eat more plants. And so I've written this book now called Plant-Based Meats, Hearty High-Protein Recipes for Vegans, Flexitarians, and Curious Carnivores. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the inclusive idea, you know, is you're seeing more and more people who, even if you love meat, even if you're not going to quit eating meat, you will you will find that something delicious in one of these meatloaves or bologna or hot dogs or, you know, and I mean, I went all the way in. You did. I made ham, salami, charcuterie. You know, it's all in there. Wow. Okay, so what are you using when you're making those things? Like, what's the meat replacement? There's a lot of different approaches in the book. But, you know, I went all in with the wheat. With there's You know, so this is not a, a gluten-free book. I mean, there are some gluten-free options in the book. But, no, I'm doing the same thing that a lot of... It's seitan, mm-hmm. which is 2,000 years old. You know, but, it's, you know, part of the interest in this is there are all these places... Herbivorous butcher locally, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of shops opening like that around the world and just booming of people making these good versions of that. And so that was where we saw the interest of like, well, that's a new thing because, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, we had our seitan and we were good. You know, we had our mock duck. Yeah, mock duck. We had our tofu. Tofu. You know, so nobody was going all the way. You know, there were some tofu hot dogs and stuff, but... So this is much more, we've learned a lot more about how to make it have umami yes, and how to put texture in it. And so I, like I say, I immersed in it for a year and really worked on these recipes. Well, I like that idea of making it yourself though, because my criticism of those foods, and I was vegetarian for four years in my twenties and, um, and 
I would I ate a lot of like meat substitute things at the beginning. And then number one, I found it kind of budget prohibitive because it was really expensive to buy those things. And then number two, I started actually looking at the ingredients and found that there's a lot of junk in those processed vegan foods, just like there's a lot of junk in processed meat and dairy filled foods. Yeah. And so if you're making it yourself, I would assume, I mean, I know you, Robin, I don't think you're putting like some bizarre isolates and weird things in your, <laughs> no, in your and you can't even get those anyway. I yeah. Mean, right. You, know, you got to buy all this stuff for this at the co-op. I mean, yeah. this is where you get it. So. Yeah. Now, seitan is it? It's basically like a wheat gluten sort of right. And no. can you do you buy that and then you form it, or do you no, make no, it? No, no, you can make it yourself. Okay, okay. yeah, very easily. Actually, I've got a recipe for a, the basic one. You just stir it up, and you can actually do it in the instant pot in forty minutes. Oh Whoa. my gosh! Okay, now what's the difference then between seitan and tempeh? Tempeh is soy or other grains mixed together and then inoculated with basically a mold. Ooh, which prevents it. Yeah. And that's what actually the thing that holds all those greens and beans together is a mat of mycelium, which is the structure of this bacteria. Yeah. Ooh. I know. It's which a, is, it's fungus. A, I know it's, it's, it sounds it's, weird, but it's good. It's good. It's it good. good. It's like a mushroom. I mean, a, yeah, fungus, it's a mushroom. fungus. I love a yum, fungus. Yum. Right. Right. Seriously. But you, can you cook with those two interchangeably or do you use different, you use tempeh and seitan for different purposes? I'd say, yeah, seitan is more. You know, kind of ready to be meat, whereas tempeh is, you know, it's kind of chunky and, you know, it's got its own texture and right. its own kind of. So you got to marinate it or grind it up or something. Are you surprised, Robin, though, with the success of a lot of these vegan shops? I mean, like Jay Selby's is something we talked a lot about yeah. last year mm-hmm. and, and a place that every time I go, I'm just consistently overjoyed with how wonderful it is. And it seems like people really non-vegans are just liking it because it's great food and not really thinking about necessarily always the fact that it's vegan. That was always, like I say, the thing that was missing. And I think that's what's helping. That's always been my goal is make it so tasty that people will like, you know, say you're in a restaurant and somebody walks by with the vegan option. You say, I, that looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I want that. Or you get a bite of somebody's and, you know, and that, you know, this has just been the story of my life. This would happen. I'd be somewhere. I'd either bring my food or I would order something and other people would be sitting there with their thing. They thought they had to have, you know, their stupid sausage pizza. Yeah. And then they eat all my pizza. Yes. Because it just looks so good and it is so good. And so it's just a mindset that people are like, I got to have my meat. And then, yeah. I think a lot of it, too, a lot of the the fascination and sort of the acceptance of the vegan culture is also because it seems like it's it used to be where I feel like it was so rigid, like you were either a vegan or you weren't. Mm-hmm. It was like a lot it, of judgment you know I mean? on both sides. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was just no give. It was like if you ate any meat, then you're not vegan. And now it's more like, no, I'm I'm sort of bringing in the vegan lifestyle. And that's what we were saying. It's OK to dip in even like half the week. You know, yeah, start thinking about just eating a vegan dish, a couple dishes, thinking about it as a part of your lifestyle yeah. is a big, it's like a bonus for everything. A couple of things Robin has taught me and, you know, Robin <clears throat> Asbells, who we're talking to the chef and cookbook author is um, one thing that I've learned a lot from you is when we ever we make pasta dishes on Twin Cities Live, I love pasta and I, I like want to eat it. But Robin always packs like double the vegetables in with the pasta. So it's almost like a one to one pasta vegetable ratio yeah which is just a great way to i mean that's the way that it should be eaten instead of just this pile of carbs with and like so how can you be on right which yes. we're such a carb phobic society where we can enjoy those things 
just with a better, um, you know, a better sense of moderation is all it is. Yeah, just add more vegetables to everything. But that's that's sort of my strategy with all of it. You know, it's like whatever, wherever you're at, I will meet you there. Yeah. You know, and I mean, if you love meat, then I'll put a bunch of veggies in the sauce. I don't care. <laughs> right. You know, but it's just that all of it, if I can get you to move. Because, you know, like I say, I became a vegetarian in 1980. So I've been waiting for a long time. <laughs> you have been. <laughs> I've been very patient. <laughs> for this to sort of kick off, right? For everybody to come my way. Right. And I get it. You're, they're not. So, yeah. uh, but we, we can move the needle and, you know, you'll feel better. The planet will be healthier. You know, everything will be good. Just yeah. eat more plants. What is, what is like an easy couple of like dishes from your book from plant-based meats what's like the best like entry for someone to come in on well entry level you know there's a bunch of taco recipes that are super easy totally that's a great idea you know and you can make this little this basic seitan and you can grind that up and make it into a burger or a meatloaf or this taco meat and there's um there's a whole bunch of great burgers in there there's a beet burger with you know different uh, potatoes and things yeah in and it. a beet will bleed that's <laughs> right looks red it's red <laughs> it looks kind of perfectly red and, red. <laughs> red and beefy yeah. and i have to say one that's super popular is there's a hot dog that i make that is very good and it's you know got some tofu and veggies pureed you know with the with the wheat and stuff like that but yeah and then there's you know and if you've got more time you can do things like i mean i make little wings yeah where they're wrapped around a little cocktail fork, and then you you can even coat them with crispy stuff and serve them with Whoa. ranch dip. Great. But you know that's probably not a weeknight quickie. <laughs> no, not so much. But that's but those are ways to kind of think differently about your normal habits, and maybe you know every once in a while just kind of dip in. And I say out. you know a lot of this. It's I have another book coming out at the end of February called oh. Vegan Meal Prep, and so a lot of these are actually prep items. Where say you make a bunch of the seitan, or you make a big bologna, or hot dogs, or a meatloaf, and then you've got it to use throughout the week. So there are recipes in the book, too, for how to use the various, there's a chicken, you know, and you can make a red curry with it and all that. So it's all about the prep. It's kind of like making bread. We love this, Robin. This This is is so great. I know. It's really fun. It's inspiring. I want to know, I want you guys to know that Robin has just a canon of books. Like the fact that there's plant-based meats out right now, we're going to put a link up to her site so you can kind of see things, but she's definitely got a lot of information and a lot of books that you can find that really kind of teach just the whole spectrum that really help for people who are looking to cook this way. And she's not short on flavor. That's the joy. Of that Robin. is well, that's that's it. the joy. That I mean, is that's it. the bottom line. That is for sure. <laughs> if, yeah. If it doesn't make it into your mouth, then I have failed. So, <laughs> this is a good philosophy. Thanks, Robin. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, We are so glad you could join us today. Elizabeth Reese is hanging out with me. Hi, team. It's so fun to be here. The show goes by too fast. Remember when I lobbied for it to be two hours? Yes. And then um, then, I wasn't personally responsible, but I did whine a lot. I don't know. You could be. I whined a lot about needing the show to be longer. And then now I think it needs to go three. But I mean, mean, yeah, I agree. (laughs) Hey, I just want to remind you guys that over on the Facebook page, we have uh, a little question about what is your food intention for the year what are the what is the thing you're going to add to your life a lot of great a uh, lot of great answers out there and people are talking about how they, she, they want to cook more foods fresh foods versus prepackaged. yeah try to get your kids to try more than the basics 
Uh, Regina says she wants to make many fresh spring rolls. I love that idea. I always say that too. I'm like, why am I not making more spring rolls? Spring they're rolls easy. are so good. I know they're so easy, and it's yes. it's you can almost get like that sort of sushi fix. Yes, but making a spring roll at home, sushi for me has never been something that I've been successful at making at oh. home, and so. But you, spring rolls are so easy. You put like I we get like a, a some ahi grade you know sushi grade yeah. tuna and then slice that up and put that in the spring roll totally. so that it's just the same thing. It's the same thing. It's so easy. Right. Guys. And then you can also, um, you know, the benefit of doing like a spring roll versus a sushi is you can really hit it hard with veggies. Yes. You know, you can pack more veggies into a spring roll than you can into a sushi roll. Right, because right? those sushi are just these little bites. Yeah. Right. No, I know it. Low sodium is also a goal. I like Terry who says, I want to learn to make pie crust and yeast bread. These have intimidated me long enough. Oh, I love that. Go, go for it. Go forth. I think that's great. So if you want to add your, you know, your intention over on the Facebook page and just kind of see where everyone is, I think that's kind of fun. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I was on the show yesterday, Twin Cities Live. You were. And it was fun because I realized just even, we we're just talking about how we grace. You guys don't know this, but like when the table, when the segment is over, and the table gets taken away, we all kind of like graze off of it. We're trying to eat as much as we can, and I'm trying to pack as much in in the commercial <laughs> breaks because the crew, I have no idea where the food goes. Yes. As soon as the the segment is done, if I don't get it on the set, a bite, and I can usually fit like three bites max <laughs> and in the amount of time that I have, and then the crew houses everything. They do! It they is do. like so gone. It's and so, so gone. Um, which is good. They deserve to they have do. the snacks. They work hard, but I- um, but you know, I have to like shovel in a few bites of things. But so yesterday we were talking about greens mm-hmm. and like how to get more greens in your life and how to where to go to find more greens and to get more healthy eating in town. So I thought we should talk a little bit about that because literally as those salads were going away, I was forking like I was just basically standing on the edge and eating those salads and realizing yes, 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 more, more, more. It was so good. Okay, so the two places that you recommended to get like some really green packed foods, Brim. Yeah. Is in Uptown, and mm-hmm. Brim was a place I was so excited that we got to try their food because I've driven past there and not really known what it was. But they have all of these bowls, yes, and they're like, I mean, they have meat and vegetarian, mm-hmm. but they have bowls that are just packed to the gills with goodness. Yes, so and, good, and it's so smart to have both. I think so that you're feeding a lot of different kinds of people, and because what I always say with health is, and especially when you're thinking about eating healthy, mm-hmm. that's so different for everybody. You yeah. know, like I have friends who cannot look at gluten, and then I have friends who have, you know, zero problems, but would never think about eating as much meat as that other person is eating. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many different balances for everybody's life that I feel like when someone's like, oh, what's a healthy restaurant? I'm like, well, they're all healthy. It just depends on what your health goals are. That's true. This Brim uh, restaurant, I'm loving their tagline on their website. It says, we believe the best food is real food, mostly plants, always organic. Find most of it from 100 miles or so. Make it from scratch. Make it taste so good you won't think it hel- it's healthy. Yeah. Have enough until you feel good and leave happy. But this is kind of a place, too, because I get, like, Uptown is a destination for a lot of people. Yep. I mean, it's a, uh, listen, I live in Minneapolis, and Uptown is a destination for me because I'm like, frick, how am I going to get there, and then where am I going to put my car? Right. But um, to go there and and patronize a place that I think is making really great food, but then also get some inspiration to take home to your own kitchen. Because yes. I'm looking at Brim Restaurant's website, and I'm inspired 
to make beautiful bowls at home yeah. just by looking at their Yeah, site. and it's easy. I mean, like, if you really, if you think about the ingredients and you think about how, you know, when we go to places like, I feel like when you go to, like, let's just pretend we were going to, like, Spoon and Stable or, you know, somewhere out for dinner and you get this beautiful plate of food and you're like, wow, and you eat it and it's amazing. And I and I was, I'd be like, I, there's no way I could ever do this. Yeah. And there's that moment where you're like, that's why you go there. But there's something also about a place like Brim, you know, that kind of brings those into your life and to create a habit like that. That's more of a frequency thing. And so you can do that. I think the key to success with a lot of these like salads and bowls and things like that is the sauce. And so many of us Mm -hmm. just don't know how to make a great sauce. Mm -hmm. And that's where leaning on some resources, you know, Robin Asbel, who was just on the show, um, she always makes amazing sauces. So whether you were talking about tahini earlier, so whether Mm. they're tahini based or whether it's like, you know, a spicy Asian dressing, the key to bring all the components together is definitely the dressing and the sauce. Yes. And that's where I think seeking that out and finding a few recipes that you really love. I always go, I mean, I go back to the Moosewood cookbook. Yeah, you do. The old original vegetarian cookbook from the seventies. And there's a whole section in there of amazing sauces that can go at, you know, over chicken or over grains or over a bowl or over a salad. And if you master a few of those things, you're able to just make your cooking so delicious. Yes. Yes. And flavor filled. That is so very true. And I would think that that would be a great goal is to find the sauces that that balance with how you eat and your flavor profiles that you love. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's more of, if you like the fermented thing, you're looking at fish sauces and like incorporate some of those things into your life and then bring the other parts back you know, into it. Yeah. That's a really good idea. You talked about green in the grain a lot too yesterday on Twin Cities Live, which is, that's also downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, I, but and those they're salads. All, they're all over the place too. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, well, they're downtown Minneapolis. I guess they have a bunch of locations in oh, downtown. Oh, good. Oh, I didn't so know that. They started as a food truck and as a salad food truck. And then they became... Uh, you know, sort of like Skyway staples, if you will. And there's one in my building, which I was very excited by that. Um, Crisp and Green, by the way, is another one that is one of my favorite salad shops. I know they don't have anything in the Skyway. They are in Wyzetta and North Loop, and they just opened in Dinkytown mm-hmm. and Edina. Yep. And <clears throat> what I love about them, so there's two different kinds of salad places in my mind. The ones that are the quick go and the chopped, you know, the quick chop kind of thing. And that is definitely Green in the Grain and uh, kind of like freshy as well. Yep. Crisp and green is just a little bit less chopped. And I kind of like that because sometimes I want to be able to put the perfect bite together myself. Yeah. Whereas some of the chopped places you, you have to just dig your fork in and pull it's whatever's on the fork. Cause you can't, it's all so mixed up together. Crisp and green is delicious. It is. Yeah. And I haven't been to their dinky town one yet. I've just been to, um, why Right. I know I've been to the North loop one too. And I just, it's just sort of like their salads to me, I like the fact that they have the ingredient. I like their choices of ingredients too. Yeah. And that is something that is also where it's not, sometimes I think we don't make salads at home because we are intimidated by buying all the ingredients, you know, and then you're like, well, but then I eat, I, I don't know what to put on it. Yeah. You know, I have a little formula for salads at home. Okay. So are you ready for it? Good. So I, I like to do greens and then, um, and then I do something sweet, something creamy, something crunchy. Oh, so if I just think about those three things and trying to have those in my pantry, because I find, okay, I love a salad with a thousand ingredients. That's so fun to me. It's just really not that feasible for me to be doing at home a lot. (laughs) I mean, because that's in addition to whatever. Right. So if I'm really making an effort to get greens in a lot, I always have like a goat cheese, a feta or a blue cheese Mm -hmm. in my 
fridge. Okay, so that's the something uh, creamy. I always will have like a dried cranberry or even just like chopped up apples or yes. chopped up strawberries or a handful of blueberries. That's the something sweet. Mm-hmm. And then the something crunchy for me is generally nuts or seeds. Yeah. So I'll do pine nuts or... um you know, pecans or whatever kind of nut or seed you can have. And if you just do greens, something sweet, something crunchy, something creamy, you just won't overthink it. Right. And then just do a really simple vinaigrette and you're done and done. And you've got a really delicious balanced salad. Yeah. And if you know that that's the, like, that's your lane, then, and having a twist here and there a little bit, you can, that's a completely perfect situation. I gave you a salad formula. It's pretty good. Did you know that I was a salad? That was amazing. That was like salad science. (laughs) Swear to God. Um, I'm a big, in terms of like, sometimes you go to salad bars, like sometimes and I'm shopping at Lund's or whatever. Yeah. And I think I just need to grab something quickly. And so a salad would be perfect. So I always grab the spinach and then I go right into like tomatoes, which only the cherry tomatoes, because I never get tomatoes on sandwiches because the sliced ones are horrible. Yeah. But so having like a cherry tomato is kind of a, you know, a bright acidic, you know, hit. I love cherry tomatoes. Oh my God. And And then the only thing that I have all winter long, although there's a lot of good hothouse tomatoes that are local now, but they're, it's still not quite the same as being grown outside. It's not. Yeah. But I still like for me, that little like bright acidic bite in the salad is kind of the perfect, like the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I am all about the edamame and I'm all about the feta and I'm all about like ham. I need to have a protein of some sort, whether that's a hard boiled egg or ham or something like that. But for me, it's like the feta edamame and tomato situation. And at home, um, I I do try to regularly just buy a rotisserie chicken yeah, and just not even necessarily think of it as like, are we going to have this for dinner that night? I just like buy it and then take all the meat off the bone. If you do it when it's warm, it's a lot easier than if you do it when it's cold. Yeah. Just FYI, because I've shoved it in the fridge and been like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, And then you have chicken ready to go for chicken salad and then don't throw your carcass away. Make your stock. Make your stock. Make your stock. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, the last one, just to highlight who we hit up, we hit up Green Bee Juicery. Yes. If you're looking for a good juicer and I mean, if you want to do a juice cleanse, that's not something that I have ever, you know, I, I can't do that. I'm just not. That's not my thing. But a lot of great you know, vitamin packed. Uh, we had a great uh, turmeric. It was called juice. the turmeric glow. Oh, and it was it was perhaps the best um, like pre-made pressed juice yeah. I ever had. It, it was so good. And even if you buy like a bottle like that, like a, I'm sure it's like a ten dollar bottle because I think they're all ten dollars. Yeah, expensive. But then if you even do the mocktail situation where or you I mean, you all you have to do is take that turmeric and then do a little sparkling water. And, you know, you, you can stretch that bottle out for a while, you know, a little while. Yeah. It's really delicious. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with the moral of the story. This is The Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. It's been a fun day. If you've missed any of our conversation, don't forget you can dial into mytalk1071.com and uh, get the on-demand you know, broadcast, but you can also find it as a podcast wherever you find your podcast. Isn't that so fun? Isn't that fun? That's a really nice way, and then you can so, so good. stack up a whole bunch of episodes and just listen away. I mean, I know. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, by the way, I wanted to shout out for Cindy Strand, who is a, she is a lovely listener. Every week she's here, and she says, hey, I hate cooking because I'm bad at it, but I listen every week and love it and become <laughs> as and become aspirational and buy ingredients and then get all insecure and go to Subway. Oh. She says, but every week she's here. So I'm just going to say to Cindy, like, you can do it, girl. Start with a salad. Start with something small. Soup was the big turning point for me. <clears throat> as soon as I started understanding that I could make soup and soup, I didn't need to really follow the recipe and I got confident. Yeah. 
it was a huge turning point for me in cooking. And that happened in college. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I can really I can do, do this. this. Yeah. I can do this. And once you build confidence, then you get confidence the next time. And listen, even people who cook a lot screw up. I had an epic scallop potato fail at Christmas. Did you really? Epic. Wow. I made um, the Smitten Kitchen's recipe for scalloped potatoes, and it's just a gratin. I mean, it's so easy. It's I mean, she was describing this. Deb Perlman, who is the um, author of the blog Smitten Kitchen and then her cookbooks as well, yeah. is describing how to make this. And it's essentially just like thinly sliced potatoes, some thinly sliced onion, and then milk and some cheese, yeah. and then you bake it. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. I was in like a frenzy, and I covered it and baked it. Oh. And you know what happens when you bake scalloped potatoes and you cover them? Nothing evaporates. Yeah. And so nothing thickens up. No. So it looked so beautiful and golden on the top <laughs> after I like broiled it for a little yeah, bit. Yep. And then when you dug into the scalloped potatoes, oh God. it was a gray, soupy, disgusting mess. Oh, wow. And I just thought, oh, this is so sad. Yeah. And my dad was like, I mean, it still tastes okay, <laughs> which was really nice. That's lovely. And I ended up throwing it out and um, it was kind of tragic. And it was, that was the biggest fail that I've had. You should probably just thrown it in like the Cuisinart and like sort of made like a, a, a Vitamix and make like a puree. I know. Or something. Something. So even if you like to cook a lot and well, even if you think you're pretty good at it, you still screw up. I sort of feel that it's, I mean, we're all on the journey. That's why we're here. We're on the journey, which means that you're never done. And so there's never a moment where you're perfectly perfect. And even the best cooks, like they look for inspiration. They look to keep evolving and keep becoming. And I think that's kind of the key to that is knowing that you're never done. Watch Top Chef and you'll see that even the best of the best. I've been so obsessed with this season of Top Chef. Have you watched? Did you watch the Restaurant Wars and everything? I watched the Restaurant Wars. And um, of course, because our hometown guy, Justin Sutherland, is competing on Top Chef. And he's the chef at Handsome Hog and Pearl and the Thief. He's also a fellow Apple Valley High School graduate. Oh, I didn't know that. He graduated with my sister. So it's been um, really fun to connect with him and then have him cook on Twin Cities Live and see him out and around and then just watch this journey. Yeah. And it is, if that, if anything just makes you feel that number one, you see the dishes they put together and they're so complex and over the top, but you see that even the best of the best will fail. Yeah. I mean, honestly, all of them under pressure or time of day or lack of sleep or, I mean, there's so many factors that can go into, into winning or losing on that thing. Totally. And that's the same thing in life. Like it could be anything. I lost scalloped potatoes. (laughs) I, failed. I, they would have said to me, <clears throat> Elizabeth, pack your knives and go. Pack your knives and go. I think about that too. Like, And that's the thing is that girl, and here's some spoiler alert if you want to shut off it, the microphone if you haven't watched it, but the girl who went home this last one, yeah. you know, she'd won twice before in a row. And that happened um, even earlier in the mm-hmm. season. You know, we're only five episodes into yeah. this season of Top Chef on Bravo. Um, it, there was one challenge where the girl won and then the next challenge, yeah. she was sent home. She was sent home. So that's it. I mean, that's all of us. That's everything. So... We're just trying to be better. We're just trying to get, you know, become. And I just don't want to waste meals. At the end of my life, I want to look back and think that I maximized as many meals as I could. Yeah. I just don't want to. I remember going, um, I was on a vacation one time and eating at a senior frogs. (laughs) And it was a real pivotal moment for me. I was probably like 25, 24. And I thought, I wasted that meal. I wasted that meal. It was so bad. (sighs) 
That's hard. That doesn't feel. It's good. hard when you go. We were talking about that when we travel. Like you can't. I can't go just like pop into a little weird place and just get a sandwich. I'm like, no, we have. I have only so much time here. Only so many meals. I have to actually make sure that they're all important. A <laughs> um, couple of things I want to let you know that have opened and that are are, are on the way to opening. Um, you know, uh, PS Steak is opening on Monday, Ooh. which is the new steakhouse in uh, the old La Belle V spot. Great. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. I did put up a uh, preview for that. If you guys want to check it out, the old 510 Groveland, it's going to be a lot of fun. They are going to have like the bar area is lovely. It kind of gives off that old La Belle V vibe. Cool. And then the new, the dining rooms have been turned into sort of a, a very steakhouse-y, dark kind of clubby thing, but with enough of a feminine touch that I appreciated it. You know what I mean? Like That's not nice. just like dark wood and and you know like barn wood and tobacco. Yeah, <laughs> there's lovely bits of like gold everywhere, and there's candlelight and feathers and like you know beautiful photographs and it just it's. I mean, it has the touch. Okay, I think it's cool. a nice balance. Yeah, I'm sort of excited by that. That's great. Um, if you're looking to try some new Moroccan. Yes, I'm always looking for that. Then you should go to the Midtown Global Market because they have Ziadi's Mediterranean cuisine has just opened in the rabbit hole space. Oh. And so Ziadi's, it was Moroccan flavors, was their little cute kiosk in the market. Yeah. And this is their full service restaurant. Great. I know, Right. Like, how many, can you even name another Moroccan restaurant? No, I can't, but right? I always, and, and when I think of Moroccan food, I think of harissa, and I think of, like, chickpeas, and I think of, like, gorgeous yes. things that look red. Oh, God. <laughs> and Fresh and flavorful and big, and, you know, I mean, even just, we used to get, whenever we were in Midtown Global Market, we would get those, they have olives. They just have a little dish of olives that is so spiced and so beautiful. Yum. Like, you just want to snack on olives. Yes. I, I always want to just snack on olives. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. Um, <clears throat> over in St. Anthony, in the old Muffaletta space, I didn't know if you know that T- Nico's uh, Taco Bar on Como has opened up. I didn't know about that. I know. So this was, Nico's, of course, is in in Uptown. Yep. You know, next to uh, the... Namaste Cafe. That's right. You know? And, but they vote, they took over the old Muffaletta space. Do you remember the Muffaletta space? I do. Remember how dark and weird it was? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, God love it. It's been, it was around for you guys like 30, 40 years. Yeah. They have completely changed it. It's bright. It's airy. There's a bar that's got Frida Kahlo everywhere. It's just, it's very modern and it's beautiful. And they've done, they have a good little tequila bar situation. They're doing tacos and burritos. I think it's even better than their other one. Wow. I know. Really? Yeah. So. Okay. This is good. I'm looking at the menu. That yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah. A lot of people have been sending me notes saying, you got to go, you got to go. So I was very excited by the fact that they are open. Um, Here's a little fun one. If you are heading out to Bayport, by the way, which, of course, some people do. For sure. <laughs> There's a cute little place called Manger, which is just opened up in the L'Etoile. Actually, they're opening tonight in the L'Etoile du Nord space. Eat. Yes. And it's cute little wood-fired space. They've got escargot. They've got oven-roasted duck. Pork Wellington, people. Great. Do that. Classic. We don't have a lot of pork Wellington in town. No, we should have more. All right, that's it. That's all I got for you. Oh my gosh, Steph, so much fun. Thanks for hanging out it was and good inviting stuff. me in. I had a great time. Well, thank you for coming. And thank you all you guys for listening. And good luck with your new year. We'll see you next week. Ciao, ciao.